Hello and welcome back to Voxburner's Youth Trends podcast. Today we're joined by Chris Delahunty, Digital Marketing Manager at Eastpac. Now before we say hello to Chris, we know how hard it is to juggle all those things in your day-to-day workflow. Accounts, meetings, the, the never-ending inbox that's constantly pinging. And that's why we've teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours of your working week back when it comes to managing your social media marketing. Forget all those open tabs and those notifications. Everything here can be all done in one place. And we're giving you one month free. So head to agorapulse.com forward slash YMS to get one month free. Then all you have to do is figure out how to spend those extra five hours. Hopefully listening to our Youth Trends podcast. A big thank you to Agora Pulse. And now it's time to talk all things backpacks, Rubik's Cubes, and the secrets to Eastpac's 70 year success story. Chris, great to see you. How's your, how's your day been so far? All right? Yeah, it's been good. Busy. Lots of Zoom calls, but uh, very good. Yeah, thanks. Good to hear. Um, be great to kick off with hearing a little bit about you know yourself, your background, and also your role over at Eastpac. Sure. So I'm Chris Delahunty. I'm Digital Marketing Director at Eastpac, um, based over in Antwerp in Belgium. Um, and we're, we're part of a big corporation. We're part of BF Corporation, which owns Vans, Timbaland, North Face. So we're one of the smaller brands within the group, but we like to think that means that we're kind of quite agile as well. Um, my background, I've actually worked in marketing for about 20 years now. Um, I started at Virgin Money in the UK as a copywriter and kind of worked my way into digital marketing, digital strategy. Mm. I left to be head of marketing and run a digital creative agency for like five years as well before um, making the move over to Belgium as well. Um, so here I, I look after creative, I look after strategy, social media, uh, acquisition marketing, I look after Zalando, Amazon, kind of website content, anything and everything to do with digital kind of comes through me. So it's quite an exciting wide-ranging role uh, for a great brand as well. Busy man it sounds. Sounds like very busy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chris, um, you know, the past, you know, eight or nine months have, you know, changed the way we live, shop, um, do everything, basically. Um, How has the pandemic changed things for you guys specifically? It's been an interesting time. You know, Eastpac, our two main products are backpacks and travel gear. People (laughs) have been inside, so they haven't needed travel gear that much. Um, but I think it's, it, it's been tricky. Um, and we sell a lot through wholesale. So that's been tricky as well. And stores have been closed around Europe, but, um, we, we've kind of been lucky in that, um, we made the shift to be a digital first brand a couple of years ago. So a lot of our thinking started in digital and was applied in digital first, which means, you know, we've been nimble. We've had to act quickly, make decisions quickly. I think one big thing that's happened is that everyone's learned that in a time like this where it's stressful, you need lots of work, your ego goes to one side. Um, so there's been real collaboration between us, our brand marketing team, other areas of uh, the company as well to make sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time for the consumers. So it's it's been a tricky time. I think for everyone, it's taken a while to get used to what was happening. Lockdown's coming and going. Um, but that, that ability to act quickly has really helped us. Um, and I think we, we've done a good job in getting to where we are. 
like good good to hear that you know you're coming out the other side as well for sure that's like really good to hear um and i know eastpac has collaborated with a, a wide range of brands you know we mentioned earlier just before you know, we started chatting you know vivian westwood and, and netflix stranger things you know some really fantastic uh you know brands there um really keen to hear more about those partnerships how they came about what they mean to you and, and you know and how they've been yeah um obviously i have to be careful not to give any secrets away so but let, let's talk about you, you pulled out a couple of good examples so stranger things was a a really natural collaboration for us because the product is in the stranger things series already so it's it's kind of a pop culture reference that we can easily get involved with mm. um so that that's kind of one type of collaboration we do and we, we split it out into different types of collaboration um Vivian westwood being high fashion and We've worked with people like Raph Simmons and Jean-Paul Gaultier in the past as well. And the way we look at this is that our, our consumers, it, it's quite expensive to buy a piece of Vivian Westwood clothing or bag. So we, we give them access to that market. And at the same time, giving Vivian Westwood or Raph Simmons access to um, a different market as well. So helping spread the name into a new audience who for five, 10 years time may become a regular shopper of theirs. So it really adds something to both brands by working by Eastpac working into a high fashion area. Um, and then we have other collaborations. So this month we launched Rubik's. Um, so we, we actually did a really cool uh, like shoulder bag that was the shape of a Rubik's cube. You could fit a cube in it. It sold amazingly well. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It was really, really good. And yeah, it, it sold fantastically well. And it's kind of looking at those pop culture icons. That we can work with as well. Uh, last year we worked with the Smiley Foundation as well, so doing some work with them around there. Um, and then we also look at kind of hype streetwear brands. So we've worked with the likes of Undercover, we're working with Mastermind um, to bring kind of hype street fashion brands that people may not have heard of or who are about to be big again into a more public eye. Mm. So it, it, it really is split between those four areas. Um, and for us as a brand, it, it allows us to create new messages that we probably couldn't do on our own. It gives our product team like exposure to these development teams and for those brands to also understand what working with someone like Eastpac is like. So it really helps us get to new markets with a quality product as well. Absolutely. And Chris, I mean, you touched upon, you know, a moment ago, like you know, tapping into that pop, you know, pop culture um, area. Um, how else you decide, you know, which partnerships are a good fit, you know, for your brand? Yeah, um, it, it's actually quite a lengthy process. Um, and we have a team of people from different areas of the business working on it. So product, marketing, sales, all talk about what we should be doing. And as you can imagine, it comes from two areas. It's us approaching people and people approaching us. Um, when it comes down to it, um, and this sounds overly simplistic, but it's, can we create a good product? Mm. Because what we don't want to do is just simply take a brand name, slap it onto an East pack bag and go, there you go. It's not just a simple merchandising deal. So the Rubik's example is a good one where we could actually come up with something new and interesting that makes sense. Uh, Vivian Westwood is another one where the bags are hundred percent recycled. So we were able to take this great story of taking plastic out of the ocean and turning it into a bag, which fits in with a great story. And it's great for Vivian Westwood as well. 
Um, so that we start by talking to brands. We, we look for brands that we want to work with and see, is there a fit? Do they believe in the same things we believe in? And then the conversation starts around, do we as two teams think we create some, we can create something worthwhile? So there are brands that we've spoken to where you think it's going to be great, but ultimately you can't come up with a good idea. Um, and again, rather than just putting something out to the market, it's not worth doing it if it's not going to be great and it needs to be great for the consumer. So they will want to own it. So that, that's where that decision process happens. Um, and there's a lot of research that goes into it. So it's looking at those different groups. Are they hype? Are they uh, high fashion? Is it a commercial opportunity? Does it fit in there? And does it fit in with what we want to present for ourselves as a brand? Sure. But it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a lot of looking at who are people talking about at the moment or who do we think people will be talking about in 12 months time? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Chris, I, I was really surprised uh, to learn that Eastpac's actually, it's, it's been around for, for 70 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, right, I'm right in saying that, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, what do you think that the strategy has been to ensure that you've remained you know, relevant um, you know, uh, uh, you know, across 70 years? It, it's expansive. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it, it may sound corny, but it comes down to product um, as the first thing. I think if your product sucks, you're not going to last for 70 years because people vote for their wallets, right? So they will walk away and they'll go somewhere else. Um, our core product, the, the design of it, really hasn't changed since the 1970s. It's, it's improved and got better as we've gone along, but the main product is the same, so people know what they're getting. Um, so with that in mind, as a marketeer, it's, it's making sure that you're constantly moving forward. It's not about thinking, okay, we've done this. You know, we've got this product and it's fine. It's seeing how is the market responding? What do consumers want? So we do, a, we release new products and adapt new products, but we as marketeers need to make sure that we're giving the right message to consumers. So it's, it's looking at what we've done in the past and how to make that better next time we go along. So constantly evaluating are we speaking to the right people? Are we speaking the right way? What, what should we now be saying? Um, and we consider ourselves very much as a youth brand. So it's, it's making sure that we have the right knowledge. Like we're all getting older, sadly. Uh, so we can't always say that we exactly know what the best practice for youth marketing is. So it's making sure that we get the right knowledge, the right research from the right people. And I personally think it's listening also, I'm actually listening to the younger people within our organization who come in and can tell us what life is like out there. So rather than us oldies kind of uh, pretending that we know what's cool, it's actually saying to people, um, what should we be doing? Otherwise you end up sounding like a dad making bad jokes at a party because like, hey kids, we're cool. Yeah, um, never want that. Yeah. No, no, you don't, you don't want to be the dad who's trying to be cool and failing really badly. Um, so it's, it's, I mentioned the egos earlier, and it's making sure you drop the ego and listen to what people are doing. Um, I think that that's how we've kind of moved on. It's, it's never thinking, this is it, we're fine. It's always thinking, we've done okay, but how do we get better next time? And that's how you stay young. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic. And and you mentioned, you know, so you, you know, the youth demographic being, you know, a core audience for you. Would you say it's it's sort of inherently always been your 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 key focus, that 16 to 24 market? Yeah, and it's we actually moved away recently from saying it's 16 to 24. Um, the reality is that, that that's a big market for us, but it's much more about the mindset because I think you can have some 70 year olds who are much more vibrant than a 20 year old, for example. Um, so it's looking at those people who have a youthful mindset, have a passion for life, want to do great things, who don't give up, who want to make the world better and keep pushing and pushing to make things more exciting. And they're like, that's it, I'm going to go out and do this. Um, so that's the kind of consumer that we look for and who we've always been interested in. I love that idea of a youthful mindset. It's like, it's expansive. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, and we, we have already touched upon it slightly, but, you know, the pandemic changed the way people shop. People aren't, you know, traveling as much. They, you, know, the, the, you know, they need for bags and luggage and so on. Um, how did you take on the challenge of, of remaining so relevant and continuing to ultimately drive sales um, you know, uh, through the pandemic? Yeah, it, it's a tough one. Um, I feel like what I need to do is lie first so that our competitors copy the things we didn't do. Uh. <laughs> but, but let's not do that. Um, no, it, it's a really good question. I think, yeah, um, yeah for, for a brand like ours, like, is, it seems like a lifetime ago, but going into March when lockdowns first started to happen um, and we kind of looked at the trends on Google and where things were going, like for the for the category as a whole. And it was only going one way and that was down really quickly. Um, and that's where we needed, and everyone's marketing budget came under pressure at that point. And it, it comes back again to thinking about what your consumers want and what you're selling. So I think, again, our, our product kind of helped us because it's, it's a good product and it's known for being a good product. That's kind of my sales pitch. Um, <laughs> but it's then, we work together as a team to work out how do we get to be better than where we are now? How do we get through this? And I think we've been, we've been, I say lucky, but you make your own luck. So we needed to take action. And the good thing is that we'd spent years building up a network of people that we work with, that we want to work with, who have an interest in the brand and working across marketing to understand what we stand for. So, We'd recruited well, we'd worked with influencers well, we had people that we worked with who were aligned with what we wanted to say. I think that alignment meant that when, when things went bad, when it went south, we were able to say, okay, we believe in our product. Now what we need to do is look at what consumers want to actually hear from us. Um, so we actually, we stopped product advertising but what we did instead is we worked with the creative community to say, let's celebrate creativity and give people something entertaining to look at. Um, and it didn't really mention product. It was just, here's a really creative person that we're paying, let's all be nice to each other. It turns out that in terms of like financials behind that, it worked really well. Um, I think that's because that's our target consumer. It's someone who wants to be creative, who appreciates a brand that is helping others mm -hmm. and wants to get out there and help. Um, <clears throat> a good example is this year in Pride, we worked with Nicola Adams, as well. she was our ambassador for Pride. And we worked with uh, Robin Exton last year, who's uh, um, launched the app Her. So 
first LGB dating app that was created for and by women. So the campaign that we ran this year, despite everything that's going on in the market, actually outperformed last year's campaign. And that campaign performed really well. So it was great to see that we'd invested time and money, but also brand equity in delivering this purpose-driven message. And it worked well and consumers wanted to hear it and they consumed the video and everything we're putting out there. Fantastic. So that's sort of resonating right, with your already audience across the, across the whole time seems to have paid, like, paid dividends really, which is... Yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the important thing. It's we're in a pandemic, but if we understand our audience mm. and why they are attracted to us as a brand, then we can do the right thing. And, it, you know, Eastpac, that you've always supported marginalised communities, um, you know, Black History Month, Pride Month, you know, always behind these, you know, these great causes. Um, it'd be great to hear a bit more about your involvement and, and, and why it's so important to, to Eastpac. Yeah, um, it's a real passion point of mine. And um, I think it's, it is really important for Eastpac. And it's, I think it's important also to stress that it's important for VF as a wider corporation. So our president, Steve Rendell, when um, George Floyd was murdered this year, came out and said racism is something that we need to eradicate. It's a disease we need to eradicate. And that kind of comes all the way down through the corporation. But yeah, Eastpac has always been supportive. You know, we've worked for many years on diversity and inclusion in the models we use, in the influencers we work with. Mm. Um, I sit within the VF inclusion and diversity network. So it's really important for me. And I think, you know, as a brand, we have um, a real responsibility that the way we speak and how we speak is seen by millions of people. And if we do nothing, if we stay silent, then we're complicit in the systemic racism, homophobia, misogyny that we see. Mm. And there's a responsibility. I, I believe there's a responsibility for me, I'm a white male, to take, help take down these systems that have been created. We're the people that created them to make things bad for specific members of society. We can't expect marginalized people to say, hey, we're going to fix that for you because we've marginalized them and oppressed them. So it's a responsibility for me as a person, for us as a brand to say, this isn't right and we need to take it down. Um, and part of that is our external communications is we will run our campaign in Pride. Uh, we will sell products that raises money for ILGA, which is an LGB foundation. Um, but it's what we actually do as well. It's who we recruit and how we talk to people. So this year we've, uh, started partnering with Hope Not Hate, who are an anti-racist, anti-fascist organization in the UK. So that's financial support, it's product support, it's spreading their message as well. And we think that's really important to make sure we're giving this long-term commitment to making things better. And then we're also working with Zebedee, who are a talent agency, who work with people with disabilities, who work with people that are marginalized. So it's normalizing the fact that everyone from every walk of life can be fashionable. So I, I think Zebedee are a great organization and you know, it gives me great pride that we're able to work with them, spread their message and work with them to help other people. Um, 
and it comes down to it's the right thing to do. I think if, if you if you don't do it, what does that say about you? If you're like, no, we we shouldn't work with people because they're a different color, then well, they're, they're, I'm not going to say what the word is, but you're a certain type of person if you do that. Um, yeah, we're speaking to you know brands on you know, in our podcast series week upon week, and it's just it, it's it's incredible to hear how you know all the brands that we're speaking to and working with are having a voice and coming out and speaking up and you know and thankfully driving positive change it's it's really it's just phenomenal to hear it really is and you use the exact right phrase positive change this isn't about breaking things it's about being positive it's doing the right thing yeah. and i think i think it's great that so many brands have come out i mean Ben and Jerry's and Patagonia have come out really strongly, just, just as two examples, Sainsbury's as well. And all these brands that are coming out and realizing we're going to say the right thing. Some people won't like it, but that's okay. Okay, because actually we don't want those people. We want yeah. to work with people who believe in what we're saying and believe that everyone is equal. I think it's great. It's, it's one of the real positives that has come out of 2020. Yeah, look, for sure. I absolutely agree. Um, and, and Chris, looking into to next year, I, I believe that you're going to be joining us um, to speak to speak more at our YMS online event, which is hugely exciting. Yeah. Um, on a panel, rethinking retail. Um, what is it that you're looking forward to about about our online event um, in February? So you can uh, physical events, but this is, our, this is your first virtual event. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think um, yeah, I really like being challenged, and I like being challenged to change my mind when I find something new that is better than what I thought. Um, and what I've seen from previous YMS events, and what I'm really looking forward to is, I know there are gonna be a huge amount of people there who are really interesting and have different ways of thinking. And I'm gonna learn something new. I don't know what it will be, but I know I'm gonna pick something up and go, that's a genius idea. Why haven't I thought about that? I'll feel bad for a few minutes, but yeah. then I'll think, actually, that's really great. And that's, I think that's what I, I like to get from uh, conferences and it's what I've got from YMS in the past that there's going to be someone new with a different point of view and they're going to challenge me and I'm going to accept it and I will become a better person. That sounds quite cheesy. That's all good. I think it, it's, I see it as it's the place where I can come and learn and keep on trains. That's what I'm excited about. Good. Well, look, that, that's why the event's there. So look, that, that's great to hear that. Perfect. That resonates with you. Um, and, and Chris, just you know, a little bit more about yourself. Um, you know, you, you, you're working across a whole range of mediums with, you know, with different brands. Um, it'd be good to hear what you feel has been a highlight of, of your career so far, whether it's, you know, with Eastpac or in previous incarnation or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, what, what do I look back at? You know, I, I think it's really easy to look back and just name a campaign or name an award. I think that's quite simple. Um, I think I'm gonna give you two highlights. Uh, highlight number one, meeting Alan Hansen, um, which was at an awards ceremony, uh, which I won, um, but that was really exciting. And he called, when, yeah. <laughs> um, and he called me mate, he said, well done mate, so we're now officially best friends. Um, so that was a highlight, but do you know what? The, the thing that I look back at, I think I'm really proud is giving people a chance. So 
there was one, I met them about nine years ago. They were trying to get a break into marketing. And someone said, can you have a chat with my friends? Because no one will talk to them. So I met with her and she had no experience in marketing. I was like, this is what I want to do. No one's helping me. And gave her a job. So I, I don't know, you have no skill, but your attitude is right. I don't know what you're going to do, but come and work for me. And she developed and became great and went on and became like a senior marketing manager within a few years. I think that I'm proud that I gave someone an opportunity to get better. So I think that's a real skill as well, being able to like see something in somebody, just, you know, despite X, Y, Z, maybe not on paper, you know, you, you know that there's something there. Um, thanks for sharing that. that, that, that that's awesome. Um, and, and finally, Chris, um, maybe one of my favorite questions, Something that, that very few people uh, know about you that, that you're happy to share with me uh, today. Uh, skills or, I don't know, talents? Um, I'll share with you a relative, a famous relative. I so, um, yeah, um, he's dead now and I never met him. However, the uh, famous actor and notorious Hellraiser, Richard Harris, is related, or I'm related to him. Um, yeah, if, if you go on YouTube, you can watch loads of videos of him talking about getting drunk and doing stupid things. Um, but he was, he was my great-grandmother's cousin. Your great-grandmother's cousin? Grandmother's cousin, yeah. That's quite, quite a cool claim to fame. Um, it is, yeah. He's, he's, he's in the bio, like a, in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, related to a Hellraiser from the 1960s. Perfect. Um, and, and Chris, I guess, you know, for our listeners today, um, it'd be great to hear from you, you know, one key takeaway um, that, that they should, you know, go away with when they go to their, back to their offices or home offices. You know, what, what should they action when they get back to their desks? What should they action? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... I think when I went to YMS, the thing I got was a lot of information and data and knowledge. I think it's going back and understanding what this means for you as a business and actually do something. So, and do something you wouldn't normally do. So if you work in, if you work in search, don't do something related to search, do something new, try and develop yourself. Um, challenge your own perceptions of what you should be doing. And don't get stuck in the same things you've always done. Because change only happens when you do something different. So do something different. When you do something different, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Chris, thank you so much for that. That was um, you know, a great start to the day. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. A big thank you to Chris for spending some time with us today. And you can hear more from Chris and 40 other speakers at YMS Online this coming February. We have a great three-day event planned for you all. And finally, a big thank you to Agora Pulse, who are offering you one month free of their all-in-one solution to save you up to five hours per week. So head to agorapulse.com forward slash YMS to claim your one month free. Have a great week ahead. I look forward to welcoming you back here next week for some more youth trends from Foxburner.